Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. to welcome you to another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast live broadcast. And we're always brought to you by Bet Online. We want to head to the website to use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus into action. Find all the latest odds, news, sports, development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL Hockey Conference finals, Major League Baseball, the last fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Bet online where the game starts. So, Jacob, we'll start. This is our 250th episode of the Hog Talk podcast. We're coming live. Got some new digs. Uh, I got me one of them little TikTok ring lights. So, my face looks a little bit. I don't have a beam coming straight down the middle of my screen. So, uh, man, right. it's, been, it's been crazy. Dude, it's been a wild uh, past couple of weeks, man. Uh, I don't know what's going on <laughs> with uh, with this Razorback baseball team this weekend, but man, it sure is nice to see them uh, uh, putting up a fight as far as uh, the regionals go. I mean, last night I thought they were dead in the waters. Yeah, it's crazy. You, you think that uh, here we go again. I mean, it's like – you know, everybody's waiting for football season and these scores that, and, and not overly the Stillwater region. It, it's um, just, it's crazy that, you know, what's going on in Stillwater region, you know, it, it's what, it's insane. So we might have to end this live broadcast and we might have to come back. You're on two different broadcasts, it looks like. So, is your other computer on? Yeah, it is. Okay. Hold on. The other one, the first one, let's try that one. Not, not the one you're on right now, but the other one. We're having technical difficulties, and uh, the other laptop decided to come on. So we'll get that figured out. We're, like I said, that better? Hold on. Dude, I'm sorry. We good? You there? There we go. Can you hear me? All right, yeah. All right, we're live. All right, hey. This is what happens when live shows come on. We're getting so basically what we're starting is we're started a new thing with StreamYard. It's a new platform, kind of new look. So, you know, getting it set up and all the good stuff with it. So, I mean, you have to hang tight with us until we get all this stuff. But yeah, Arkansas, it, it's it, here we go. You know, six five, bottom of the seventh. So, you know, 
rough start last night. You thought they were dead in the water. Then here we come, and and just baseball scores and football scores were twenty to fifteen, and you, it was going all over the other regionals too. You know, what just Stillwater regional? You know, it's people are twenty up twenty points like football scores around here. Yeah, I mean Auburn's been doing it too. I mean. Uh, and then you saw this afternoon with uh, Missouri, Missouri State, and Oklahoma State, and they had the they had, they almost matched their football score from the fall of twenty twenty one too. So that was pretty wild, man. Yeah, and again, like I said, with there's a lot of stuff going on right now. You know, with you're hoping that you know North Carolina losing. I don't know what the score is of that game right now, but I mean everything falls on a lap, and North Carolina loses this regional. Arkansas could be hosting, and depending on who comes out of that region. So it's not over with, but me and the guys are talking, and I they need to win this game. Uh, it was, you know, game three does not sit well with me. We've seen what happened with Arkansas in the softball series against Texas. Game two, you go to a game three. We've seen that against North Carolina State. You crush them in game one. Game two, they come back and beat you, and then just – takes the air out of everything. And, of course, you know, the vaunted Oregon State, the National Championship Series, you you know, that game two, that that that's up there with the store and fumble. You know what I'm saying? And we all know what happened there. Oh, yeah. So we need to beat that like a dead horse, you know. So that's why it doesn't set well with me. They need to take care of business and they need to come back. They're down, like I said, down 6-5, bottom of seventh. So, I mean. Yeah, it's. It, it, but it, I mean, I thought it was going to be like what it was last night when they went up six to two earlier in the fourth inning. I said, "Oh, this game's done. Has to be done." Uh, Oklahoma State's just, you know, they're I guess we're having again some technical difficulties trying to get Jacob connected and stuff, but. Like I said, this when you get new software and get new things going on and games going on, everybody's watching the game right now. So it's just things happen. This is the first time kind of we've really ever, you know, hit this spot. But I guess what we can do is, you know, take a take a moment to since I wasn't on last week, Jacob covered for me. I went went to Michigan. We had a, a family uh, graduation, so. I really want to take this time to talk about the softball team and just the year they had, the year Courtney Dyfel had with this team, you, what we were just talking about in this game three. You know, game two just – you did not want that to happen and for them to take – the just took the air out of the stadium, you know, and just – I mean, just so much fight they had. Win a game, set, game one, seven, one, but it was almost like the North Carolina State Series last year. You know, you wanted to come in and you wanted to win and you wanted to just take care of business in game game two and it didn't happen. And then, of course, we see what happens in game three and just the offense. Just I don't know if it was just too much pressure. They couldn't seize the moment. But, you know, it, it's just one of the things that you cannot do nothing but tip your hat for this team. A lot of seniors leaving. They have the number one recruiting class coming in for next year so there's it's going to be a big rebuild season for for next year and Courtney Dyfel hopefully they can go to the, the the portal and get some you know players in but Jacob come back we're I was just talking about the softball team in the year they had uh it, it's going to be a, a challenging year next year you know coming off back-to-back SEC regular season titles you win the conference title and the tournament title last year 
You know, you got nine incoming freshmen coming in, so you're hoping that they can come to the portal like they did last year. Uh, coming big portal news is is a lot of Alabama players, five of them at least, are entered the portal. So I would love to see Dels and Kilfoy. I tell you what, if they could get Kilfoy out of Alabama to come over here, kind of like what KB Sides did, coming from Alabama, turn into the player of the year, that would be a deadly, deadly one-two punch for next year. Man, and you're talking about like this softball team, what they are coming off of this season and the, and what they're showing. They're just right there as far as getting into the next level and the next tier of of college softball. They I was surprised. I, I was I was sad that Texas broke our hearts again. Like I said last week uh in my uh, standalone live, I said that, you know, somehow some way Texas always seems to figure out a way to break Arkansas fans' hearts. And they did. But, uh, you know, they, they are just so close to uh, hitting that next level, in my opinion, uh, and, and advancing to the College World Series. They're that close. Yeah. And, and like I said, I know it's going to be hard for next year because they're going to expect that, you know, maybe next step. But it right. is going to take some transfer portal players. It's going to take some role players to really step up. You know, you're kind of really just left with, you know, you've got Jenna Bloom, then you got – uh, Gamble, you got Dells coming back, Priggy, you've got Hoffman in right field, you've got Hedgecock. I mean, you've got some good good pieces, but when you lose the talent that you're losing, it, that's that's almost like say this freshman in the basketball class, everybody of them goes one and done in the basketball. Nick Smith Jr., every single one of them go to the NBA draft, and then you have to replace your whole team. I mean. It's crazy. It seems like that with how many newcomers there is in the basketball team, but that's what the magnitude of this softball team. And, you know, Daniel Gibson and Lenny Malkin and, and Hannah McHugh and these girls that have really built the foundation. Now you're kind of starting over. This is the second level of this team, you know, so we're going to, I'm really anxious to see where this goes and how Courtney Diffel really uses the transfer portal and the incoming recruits because, this is going to be the first time she might be relying on a lot of freshmen to, uh, you know, carry the team. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a bad thing that they have a lot of freshmen. It's just they're going to have all those tournaments uh, and, and jamborees early on that next season to kind of get them accustomed because they play a tough schedule early on uh, for Razorback softball. So, uh, you know, you can you can see that early on. I think get them a little – get them a few games to uh, – kind of get ready and, and and get in the swing of college softball because it's it's a whole different world in the SEC once you get there. I think they'll be ready. I think uh, I think Dippel has shown that she can piece uh, piece together teams and and uh, and figure out. I mean, with transfers and freshmen and and newcomers and, and blending them in and having success. Yeah, and, and we'll move on to the next subject. I mean, the big topic that really kind of captivated the nation and and what I said talking season started early was with the big deal between Jimbo and Saban. And basically <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know if Saban peed in his daggum Cheerios, but this dude come in hot. And I mean, I don't know what the deal is. I have a lot of things to kind of say a, a, about the situation, but geez, Louise, I mean, he come out fire and he was ready to throw everybody under the bus and say, everybody's doing this. Oh, and yeah. That. So, I mean, what do you, what did you take when you first heard that, you know, the things that Jimbo said about Saban? 
so when I when I heard Saban say those things, I'm thinking there is no way in in heck that Saban's over here talking about you know paying a whole team. Which obviously, yeah, Jimbo probably paid a few of those players to come. Uh, they were true freshmen, but you know, you know, Nick Saban, you know he get he went out there in 2008 and tried selling a whole bunch of bull because Alabama was not a very good football program going into the 2007 season, and then immediately goes and and contends for a SEC title in 08, and then wins the championship in 09. There's no way that Saban didn't at least kind of. I'm not going to say cheat, but kind of, you know, give a $100 bill handshake, which is not supposed to be spoken. But since we since we were pulling this out of the bag, they, you know, Saban's kind of paid some players before. I mean, that's my thought. I, I love, and here I'm going to talk about my own team as well. I love that the big, and I don't even know why Jimbo's even saying anything, one, because he's not wanting anything. Yeah, you beat Alabama last year for the first time, whatever. You know, it's not like Kirby Smart. Now, if Kirby Smart was the one saying this and who, you know, beat him in a national championship, got, you know, won something against him, then I could understand that where he's coming from. But for Jimbo to not even win anything, I mean, he ain't even won the West. And and to come in and say, well, he's cheating. Well, you're, you can't tell me that you're not buying your players too. You know, right. If you're saying you're doing everything the right way, no, you're not. Nobody is. But you look at, you know, uh, what the Ryan Day was saying, it's going to cost $13 million to upkeep his team. And then Dabo Sweeney's talking about, well, if they need to be paid, they need to, you know, here's the thing. It's funny. All these guys that have been making nine to $10 million off of these players that haven't made a single penny. Now they're taking money away from them. That That's what the biggest deal is. You know, these players, that they're starting to get paid for their likeness. All these donors that in these, these uh, sponsorships and this advertising and stuff, you know, instead of going directly to school, they're going to go to these players. And some of these players are, are demanding a lot of money. Some of these players are getting some big time deals, which I think they deserve every bit of what's going on. But it's funny that with the SEC meetings and the spring meetings, like what, I don't know the difference between the SEC spring meetings and SEC media days. It, it's it's almost like they're trying to market this thing like the NFL and it always be about the SEC. You got somebody over in the Pac-12 that has started this whole dumpster fire and has blatantly got somebody to come from Pitt to USC. He's sitting on the swing while the dumpster fire between Jimbo and Saban is just taking it. Oh, yeah. Nobody's even talking about him anymore. You know, you're, you you took all the deflection. I mean, somebody has basically done something blatantly, not even hit it, that he paid him or was, was what do they call it, uh, when you're uh, talking to the recruit or talking to the player when he's with tampering. another. Tampering, yeah, tampering. Oh, yeah. He, was, he was blatantly tampering. So, I mean, then you could come back and loophole it. Well, he lost his quarterback and he lost his coach, but you, you can't tell me that. All everything's adding up to he was completely tampering, but it's going to be interesting to me. And I've heard this term used a lot, and and we're going to start seeing this, and that's a return of interest. All these kids are going to be making a lot of money. Look at this Quinn Ewers kid; he's made so much money, and he ain't even played it down. He's been in school two, three years. Yep. You know, he went to Ohio State. Now he's at Texas, and it, it's just. And then you got Spencer Rattler, who's OU. Now he's at South Carolina. When are these kids going to start producing? And if not, it, it's almost like a cash grab. They better get it now because if some of these star players look at DJ 
out in Clemson. He was the face of Dr. Pepper. Well, that first game gets Georgia, and then they go on a downhill slide, and they quickly took him off of everything. So oh, yeah. it's going to be funny to see how this goes when these kids start not producing and seeing how much money this stays in their pocket. Yeah, and you kind of wonder, like, most of the guys, I think, at the big-time programs, I think, you know, we with having all these cameras and, and all the lights and, and stuff around them, you know, how are they going to respond? But you think about how it affects Arkansas kids. Because, I mean, we were outside of J.D. Note signing, and then you have Jalen Williams that signed with, uh, was it Dove, um, uh, earlier this offseason, you know, I can't remember Those what guys he, are getting. Yeah, I think it was Dove. I, I believe it was Dove. But but these guys and then and then JD Note signing with Hunt. You know, there's really n- no big NIL deals happening with Arkansas that like like a Dr Pepper. You know, so so Arkansas kids can kind of stay in and lay low out of this NIL stuff. But you and know, it wasn't, it wasn't also, JB Hunt. He did not sign right. With- Right, no, no, no. It's the Hunt Trust Foundation. So we we right. do have to be clear on that, just in case you know. Right. We we've had some some things happen where people took some words and like the yeah. guy from Tennessee and took some words and ran with it, and I think you got a lot <laughs> over that. So we got to be careful what we say on these yeah. live broadcasts. You're right. Yeah. So, but you know, the Arkansas guys, it, it could be a whole different case because last year it was Bryce Young who was the $1 million man coming out of SEC media days. And Nate Saban was bragging about it, that his quarterback that hadn't even started a game yet was, was uh, making a million dollars. So, yeah. Well, you know, the next thing, big thing that really happened was, you know, Sam Pittman finally got his new contract. He finally got, and, and I know we knew this was coming, but again, it's like funny how they place this right in the middle of, the baseball team, it was looking bleak. You know, it was looking like, hey, this team might not even get a regional. And then they get a regional, they win their game, you know, and they're playing in the regional final right now. But, you know, it's quite finally got his money. He got paid, I think it was $5 million base, which that's perfect. I think that's well-deserved. I think that is very well-deserved. So, you know, he finally get, he got – I can't – they haven't come out with the details yet. I don't know if you no. know anything about that yet, but I think that will come out next week when – and who was talking about um, – I can't remember what show I was listening to that why they even do the whole Freedom of Information Act. Like, why do they even wait for somebody – just like, you know somebody's going to ask about it. Why not just come out with the details instead of right. making somebody wait? But I guess you still got to go through the due process of – And the lawyers and, and stuff. You got to make sure everything's right. Exactly. Terminology, you know, but – so I I totally expect that it's a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus for winning maybe nine games again in the regular season, getting your tenth win in the uh, bowl game. Maybe that goes to uh, that bumps you up to five hundred thousand dollars, and then maybe a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus if you make the playoffs, and then a million dollars if you get to the, uh, the the college football playoff championship game. I think I think that's a I think that's an honest one, or maybe a New Year's Six bowl game. Uh, I think I think that's plenty of incentives right there—a million dollar incentive to get that get to that point, or in the college football playoff. This is another angle I'm going to throw, and I hope this doesn't, you know, go to other. If it does, it does. It's, but I think a lot of it too is he understands he needs Odom and and Browse just as much as he needs himself. I think mm-hmm. he's going to get what he wants. 
but he's going to leave enough in the bag to make sure as long as they're willing to want to be here. I think that he's going to leave enough in the bag that Hunter Juracek has enough to sit there and make sure that Bryles and Odom's taken care of too. And these other position coaches, because you're going to see it. Look at, look at the NFL. When you, when you throw all this money at the quarterback, you have nobody else left to pay. You can't pay any of your role players and your, other than your, your key, you know, running back and the star players. I think he's doing that in the fact to make sure that, Hey, I know, I know I need these guys just as much as they need me. So let's keep this family intact. And I think 5 million, even if say he gets his bonuses, it might, I don't know what the top out pay, but say, let's bump it up another 2 million. So even the most he can make is seven. I mean, he, he's got a, he, he knows he's got enough money. He's a smart guy. He's a, you know, he, I think what it was, was he didn't want to get, feel like he is too nice of a guy that he would get taken advantage of. He wanted to say, Hey, look, I'm hiring this agent. Cause I want to make sure I get mine, but he's one of them country boys. He's one of them low down, you know, he's a good guy. And I think he's just making sure that, all right, I'm comfortable. I don't need $10 million. You know, I might be worth $10 million if I win a national championship or SEC championship, but he knows he needs Bryles and Odom, and I think he's leaving enough in the bag to say say they do win the SEC West this year or next year, and it comes time to pay them once again. They have enough money to do it. Yeah. I really liked watching the Joe Paterno story the other day as far as, uh, like, his contract issues there. When, when he was – when he was head coach there in the final few years, he was only making $750,000 a year. He didn't want it. He was sending a lot of it back into the uh, PSU community. And, and I'm not trying to bring that up as, you know, to, to praise him or anything, but he was a guy that was totally content. He was a poor guy from Brooklyn, New York, kind of like, you know, Sam Pittman. He's a good old country boy from, uh, for, from uh, East Oklahoma that, you know, yeah, I'm going to get mine, like you said, but, but he's humble about it. And he, he wants to take care of everybody else. And that's that's really a cool thing to have with Sam Pittman, a guy that's not uh, money-hungry, a guy that just wins six games and then we give him a uh, $2 million bonus and and uh, give him a uh, $10 million uh, buyout. I mean, this guy and Hunter Yurchek have assembled and put together a contract that makes sense. Uh, Hunter Yurchek came out early on and said, yeah, these big – contracts with these huge buyouts are are meaningless and i'm not going to have a uh, contract i'm not going to build contracts like that and i think uh hunter year kind of put the details out there but he also has a head coach there that understands that too uh, a guy that is is going to put his head down and work and he's uh, and the thing is he's not going to he's not going to give up until he gets to the top either well i think he set the tone the last time you know, he, he he set the tone with, look, you're going to have to produce. If you, oh, I, I'll give you a base salary of five. But if you want seven, you're going to have to earn that other two. Or if you, you want the base salary of three, you're going to have to earn that other one to get you up to four or five. So I think that's the biggest deal is, you know, he set the tone. You got to work. And he's done that with every coach. It's not just the football program. That That's one thing I can really say about Hunter Yurchek is, you know, I had a conversation with Colby Hale and he was talking about the fact that you see what he's done at the soccer program. And he was basically like saying, Hey, it's my turn. You know, I, I, three back to back to back SEC championships. You're making it the NCAAs. Yes. No national championships, but I mean, just the program, the progress that he's done 
and to be able to build a program that he has. And then Hunter Yurchek, you know, gives him his due pay and gives him a contract extension. Coach Neighbors, you know, he he got his contract extension. And you're going to see Coach Diefel, you know, I don't know of any talks or anything in the works of that, but what she's done the past three years and and built that program, he's going to give them their due pay and give them a pay increase. So it, that is, like I said, one thing you can really say about Hunter Yurchek is he's really paid these coaches – and he's been fair, but I think the respect goes both ways. He's not going to disrespect any of these coaches. And I think that's why you're seeing this culture change in Fayetteville. Yeah. And, and I really like Hunter and I, I think we've bragged about him almost every single podcast since I've been back on. The guy has done such a great job kind of like encouraging people to do their best. And a while, for a while under Jeff Long, if we could just have good grades and, and good academics and and subpar uh, mediocre play on the field. He, I'm fine with it. Yeah, Hunter Yurichek has been demanding the best, not just academically, because you see, uh, we see every single week coaches bragging about their uh, student athletes in the classroom. But he's also saying, yeah, we can have all the grades and and have a great APR, but uh, we really do need to have good quality uh, programs on and off the field uh, and, and winning games because that's, that is what gets you the money. Yeah. And, and the thing is you, you just go off one year success and that, I think that's like the, the culture we live in. Yeah. Like you go off of the success and you go off of one years and now they deserve a whole lifetime contract. You know, I'm not about that. I think you no. need to go and you need to earn your money. You need to do it multiple years. Other than, of course, if you go undefeated and win a national championship. I mean, you just capture, you know, if it's your team, you don't inherit somebody else's roster and you take that and you ride the coattails of that team and you win a, a national championship. That's kind of different. But if it is your team and you build that program and you take that, then you deserve what, what you deserve in a national championship and a new contract. But I think that's another thing he set the tone on also is with the fact that you're going to have to do it more than one season. Hey, let's see what you do. And, and of course, we're now coming off the, the worst times. I, I just turned 40, and I think the fact that when we were, we were kids, we always heard about our parents and grandparents talking about how rough they had it. And I think we finally ran into a generation that can rival what we grew up with in our grandparents because of everything they had to go through with COVID and just the – on the fly and just the, you know, kids losing a year of school and playing and what they dealt with. I think now it's coming back to where we're going back to how it used to be. And we can kind of breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah. And, and I, I really do think that, I mean, you need think about how it's impacted the Sam Pittman era at Arkansas the guy came and inherited a program that was 4 and 20 over the past 2 years won 4 games the uh, in 2017 so this was a program that he inherited that won 8 games and and one SEC game in 3 seasons the guy was by, he was thrown every single obstacle in front of him and he won 3 games in year 1 and dang near could have gone 500 in a covid season uh it, it, it was not the problem. 
the he the the coaching was the problem. The uh, the 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 culture was the problem. He he instilled a culture of accountability, a culture of hard work, and a culture of love. And and if you remember back in the nineties, I don't know how well you remember uh, the WWF uh, with mankind oh, yeah. McFoley. Oh, yeah. That was the best. Time. And, yeah. and Sam Pittman reminds me so much of Dude Love. Dude Love, yeah. I don't know why, but it, it's just. It it he reminds me so much of Dude Love's personality and a, and a, a a carefree, but he loves you and, and he he wants to take care of you and he's going to be your friend for life after you, after you leave there and and you know he has instilled something in this program that I think is going to live on for the next couple of years maybe the next maybe six or seven years after he's gone because we know he's he's about to turn sixty. He's about, you know, probably going to retire. He said this is his last job. He's going to be taken care of. He has this new contract through 2027. I mean, that's five seasons from now. Could the could that be the end of his his tenure at Arkansas? I don't know. But I know for one thing is for sure this guy's going to leave this program better than what he what he found it uh, as. Kind of similar to the Houston Nut. The guy left it better than he than he found it. If he's had the success he's had without getting in like these five star players and yeah in a loaded stacked roster and you're being competitive, I mean the last couple of years you've only just like gotten your tails kicked a couple of games. You're getting your tails kicked by Western Kentucky and and whoever you played. You know everybody you played. You're like basically you wanted to be everybody's homecoming game. You know that that that's how Arkansas was. And, of course, other than the Auburn game and then, uh, you know, the Ole Miss game, they hung with them. And then the George game, of course, I think that was just a nightmare. I, I don't know what – you know. It was but, off from the start, man. So, But what I'm getting at with him is he he reminds me of just a lot of the coaches' demeanor at the University of Arkansas that I've encountered. They're, they're down-to-earth people. They love their players, but yet they're no-nonsense at the same time. And I think that was the thing like with Coach Diefel and how her demeanor changed throughout the season. You've seen in that post-game press conference how much she loved her players. But she realized that, you know, Mama Bear come out and she, you know, had to get mean and had to get tough. And you could sometimes have to show that tough love. You know, there's a few programs out there right now that I feel like that's what they need. They need to show a little bit of tough love to get to that next level. I think that's all that's missing from, from a couple of these programs to, to get to that next level is to, you know, start just being not mean, but I mean that tough love and, and, and yes, you, you show them you care, but yet be there for them and to tell them, Hey, look, you kind of messed up. Let, let, let's get better. And that's what's happening with Sam Pittman. That's what's happening with coach neighbors. That's what's happening. Colby hell that, that dude, he runs his team like Dave Van Horn. You know, he, right. you're coming here for excellence. You're not coming here to party. You're not coming here to live the college life. You're coming to the number one program in the nation. You're not the number one team. They haven't won a national championship yet. But I'm saying you're coming to one of the elite programs in the nation. You're here to work. And that's what he's told his recruits. That's what Coach Eiffel's told her recruits. That's what Sam Pittman started doing. You know, if, if you didn't want to be here and you didn't want to do things his way, well, look how many people left the program. You know, look how many people yeah. – 
kind of went elsewhere. So that's the best thing. And I'm very excited to see, you know, and, and here during the summer and closer to the football season, we'll really start breaking the stuff down, our concerns, what's going to be the weaknesses, strengths and stuff of the, you know, the football program. But man, I'm, I'm happy for Sam to, you know, what he was given. I mean, <laughs> the program that he was given and, and the, the state of the whole and it wasn't just the football program. The whole state of the athletic program revolves around the football program because that's what gets your year started. And then if the football program does good, then it carries over to the basketball program. Then the basketball team starts doing good. Then it rolls over into the baseball program that even though they're going to Omaha almost every year, it's still the success of the basketball and the football team makes it even more enjoyable. I mean, this has been the best two years that I've done cover the cover the university because just so much success. I mean, you're winning nine, 10, you know, SEC regular season championships. I think it, they said what the last 10 years they've got the most in the SEC. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. And, and, and before, you know, anybody wants to clap back, well, that's mainly track. So what? That's still a program just because it's not football, basketball, or baseball, or if it's just just because it's not because it's football, you know, you're cherry picking to how you want your your school to look. But when Arkansas has finished in the top 10 in the Challengers Cup the last three years, that's every single program, every athletic program. And you look out west in, in the Pac-12 where they have twice as many programs and schools and sports that Arkansas does, and for them to still come in the top 10, that shows you the state – of this athletic department and that tweet or not Facebook post you put about the best athletic department in each conference. It's not even close. It's Arkansas. No, it's not even, no, close. I mean, Arkansas. I mean, I think they have like in the past three seasons, was it 10 more championships in the next team? It's incredible. I mean, this is unprecedented territory, Arkansas. I mean, they, they finished, I think in the top eight in the director's cup, once or twice in the past decade. And then Arkansas now has been in the top 10 the past two seasons or three seasons. This thing is growing. And, and the the accountability that is going on at, in inside the athletic department of this, of this Razorback uh, athletics, I mean, it's just simply incredible what they're doing. I mean, I don't think I've seen it in my lifetime be this great amongst all the sports. I don't other than the seventies other than the seventies when I mean and this is just basketball, baseball, and football. Other than like the seventies and the eighties, like you know, when they went to the that World Series, I can't remember when that was back in the seventies or eighties when they went to the World Series and then the Orange Bowl and then of course the triplets and stuff. But you know, other than that, there's nothing that can even come close to rivaling what is going on here in Arkansas. And so, no, I don't even, again, I don't think it's close what's going on because there's more sports doing successful, but there's more sports winning. I mean, we're, we're not even talking about golf, you know, and track and field and the soccer program, the women's basketball, softball, you know, the baseball team, football, basketball, men's and women's. So, I mean, it's an exciting year. It's been an exciting two years, and I'll tell you what what we were talking about early in the pandemic and COVID. I mean, what a way to come out of it. You know, what joy this has brought this university. And I think we said this a couple of years ago. You know, of all the universities that deserve this, 
Arkansas deserves this. The fans deserve this, and they deserve to enjoy what's going on right now. And you know, I, I think take just a quick, just second. I think I think your wife enjoys the new digs, and, and so if you want to comment, ask questions. When you ask questions, we can we can post them on the board with this new platform. And we can talk about your questions. So if you have any questions or comments throughout any of our new live shows, we're brought to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. I mean, we're just now getting used to this. So like I said, you hang tight. It was a rough go at first. <laughs> it was a rough go. We're going now. It was a rough go, but we got it going. And uh, the new score of the game, it's now 7-5, bottom of the eighth. So that's another thing. You know, I'm able to look at the score. We can come in. We can highlight you. And then again, what we're talking about, but I guess to not end it, we'll talk about, you know, just for a brief minute about this is our 250th episode and Jacob, I actually found that we, we started another thing. We started a YouTube channel. So we did start a YouTube channel. This is being broadcast. Well, I don't think it's being broadcast on the YouTube channel again, another hiccup, but we are starting a new YouTube channel. Well, as I was looking I found the only YouTube video that was posted on the old Hog Talk YouTube channel, and it was a view of Kyle in the hog pen long oh, time ago. And I showed it to Kyle, and and big shout out to Kyle and Kevin for you know what they've done, you know, for this and really helping this this thing grow to get us to this milestone 250 episode. But it was really cool to see you. And Kyle, y'all were sitting at a counter and there was a metal sign right above your head that said hog pen. And I was I just watched a couple of seconds of it because I was trying to get the, the YouTube channel set up. But just oh, yeah, nostalgia, about, man. Just talk about like, all right, you started this thing. You know, what was your vision coming into this and, and just how nervous was you like the first time you decided to turn on that mic and, and start this podcast? So it really starts back with the hog pen. So it was just a blog that I started because I, I my my uh, papa had just passed away and me and him were we we would hit it up about Razorback sports we were we were huge fans and that's that's why I became such a fanatic about the Razorbacks and so uh, I, I said in memory of him I'm gonna start this this uh, this site called the Hogpen and and so I started it and I ended up having to change the name because of the copyright and, and respectfully so. And so I decided to reach out to a fellow cohort that, that is in YouTube and, and said, hey, what do you think about doing a podcast? And I, I hit him up about three times. And I said, well, let's do it. Let's, let's start this thing. And about four shows into it, Porter Hayes uh, messages me. And he's like, man, I'd love to come on your show. I'm a, I'm a Clemson guy. And I said, well, there's, the, there's a Clemson, uh, some, some deal or you know, some details there. You had Chad Morris coming in for yeah, a second that was season. Chad and we thought, still on the good side. Yeah, oh, yeah. He was still on the good side. He had just followed the Hog, uh, Hog Talk Twitter page, and yeah, yeah. that was a big deal. And, and I said, man, we got Porter on. He can give us the inside deal on Chad Morris. And yeah. and ended up, you know, we we hit it up, and, and it was great. You were a huge addition uh, to us and Ty. And, man, you've been in here since the beginning, too. But, yeah, that, that was really – just kind of the quick hits. And I wanted to say, Hey, this is going to be a podcast. that's going to be fan driven. I want the, I want the fans to be involved in it. And, and I mean, besides our social media following, that's just grown to, uh, 
ends that I never thought I would see. 25,000 followers on Facebook, and then you got nearly 7,000 people on Twitter that follow us there. So, so this thing has kind of grown to the point that I never expected it to, but it's something that that I'm proud of. And I'm proud that I brought Kyle on, and then Kyle brought Kevin on. And, our, I mean, the hog talk was just pushing out the content. And and those two guys did an incredible job. And then you kind of held it together and, and brought me back on. And, and, you know, sometimes I think I bring the show down a little bit because, uh, I mean, now I've having to actually put my face on a, on a broadcast. I mean, my mom always said that I have a face for radio. So here we are. Well, well you and, talked uh, about coaching trees. You l- Let's think about the hog talk tree for a second. You know, okay. with Arkansas fight, you know, we brought Kevin on and Kyle on. Now they're both with School Board Live. Kevin's one of the premier, you know, youth coaches in the nation with the prospects. Kyle, what they've been – and Kyle and Kevin, what, they've been, what they are doing, and I think we're going to have them on next week to really go over the, the softball and baseball because I'm telling you, if you're not following, this is not a plug. This is, this is pure friendship. This is pure – honesty because I've been able to help them out a little bit and follow, you know, with my passion with the softball team and seeing the world of softball grow in the state of Arkansas, the kids in the high schools, you know, what they've done at school board live and in the first year to really take over kind of the state and coverage. I'm not lying. Nobody does better coverage than those two guys. And it's a one man show. I mean, you've got Kyle does one through six a in the softball. Kevin, the guru, you know, they call him a guru for a reason. You know, if, if there's anything going on in the state of Arkansas baseball and high school ranks, he knows about it, you know. And so I was very proud to, that when they decided to say that they wanted to follow their passion and, and, and cover high school sports and log with, you know, having jobs. You know, we all have jobs aside of this. And I always love it when someone does better, but, you know, it's – it's a funny thing that, you know, when I met Tyler Butler, it, it was during the women's SEC tournament. They, they're playing in, in Greenville, South Carolina, which is, you know, dear to my heart. You know, I spent 10 summers. That's why I'm a Clemson fan. That's why, you know, my dad's from South Carolina. So out there it was Clemson or South Carolina. So they're playing in Greenville, and we kind of talked back and forth through DMs on Twitter. And then, you know, I was giving him information about the team because that's when Chelsea Dungey really caught fire in the SEC women's tournament and just took that stadium by storm and ended up getting the finals, you know? And then when I started writing for him and talking to him, and then I seen what y'all were doing and I was like, Hey man, I'd love to be a part of this. I mean, it was just, it's crazy that I was looking back through my old photos and the very first article I ever wrote for Tyler before I joined the hog talk was about war machine. And I reached out to him and I showed him the article that I wrote. And I interviewed him about the videos he does for the, for the YouTube and stuff like that. So, I mean, that just tells you, you know, how far this thing has grown from the 5,000 to the 25,000. We, you know, a proud moment when we were sitting there looking at our phones every day, wanting that million reach. And now we reached over a million people. And, and I know to some that's not a big deal. But, you know, when you're getting over 200,000 engagements and a million reach, for two guys that started this from the ground up, I mean, that's huge. And you're talking about being proud. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. And and you were talking about uh, going from the beginning. And, and we did we did giveaways. And we had, like, Chandler Morris on after he committed to the Razorbacks. 
We've had uh, Chuck Barrett come on. We've had so many big guests. We had Ben Cleveland come on. And then we had another member of the Springdale Five come on and share the story of his version. And then, you know, you've had uh, Sarah Spain from ESPN come on. Alyssa Morris come on several times. Uh, Michael or Mike Neighbors come on plenty of times. Yeah, right. Come on and share the story. Danny Ford blasting the table. I mean, yeah, there was so many. I mean, that's the thing. We could have brought on so many. I mean, that's another point I want to make is, you know, Coach Neighbors got my foot in the door with the, with the athletics at University of Arkansas. I would not be at where I'm at right now if it wasn't for him letting me cover the basketball team. Alyssa Orange, one of my mentors, you know, that has really helped me. You know, she's seen my passion for the sports and, I mean, recently got to do the softball coverage on, on Pig Trail Nation, you know, for the postseason coverage. Uh, somebody that this year we've come very close, Paul Boyd with the Democrat Gazette, you know, and, and – He's a mentor as he's taught me how to write and really cover the team and really pay attention and, and really kind of not get emotional because it's hard. It is very hard that, you know, you say when I come in this as a, as, as a Clemson fan, you're, you're gung ho thinking you're going to bring this outsider's perspective to this. Here I am three, four years later and you get attached to the teams. You get attached to the teams that you cover. You get attached to moments where, they ask you a question or you ask them a question during the women's NCAA tournament and they're, you know, Amber Ramirez, her, her eyes light up because you're that one because they know the grind that you have, you've done, you know, it's moments like that, that really kind of, I might tiptoe that line a little bit when it comes to the media, but I, I mean, me as a person, I can't help it. I can't help, but not, you know, get it in, immersed in just what, cause it's what's going on in the university of Arkansas. It's, it's amazing watching you know these two programs from the ground up that were in the cellar to now they're at the top of their respective programs i mean it's it's truly amazing to watch and i'm telling you if this is where we're at 250 episodes in i i mean there's no telling where we're going to be at our 500th episode oh yeah i I don't know if i can fathom going 500 more episodes because (laughs) that's not very i mean it's a long way from now that's a lot of shows in a matter of uh three to four years and we've gone back and forth between one and two shows a week but, uh, I mean, we've been consistent with at least one show a week for the past four years. And it, it really, like you said, it, it's, it's hard not to get attached to these teams that you cover because you put your heart and soul into this. I mean, yeah, we all have had different jobs and stuff and, and, and full-time jobs at that. But our dedication is always to bringing folks the – and these fans real news and, and the true news and, and, and giving it to y'all and not just a fan perspective, but kind of in a realist perspective too, because when Arkansas baseball was going through this, uh, this, this kind of lull during the middle of the season, it was tough to watch. It was tough to talk about when, when the softball team kind of struggled in the beginning of the season, because, you know, we were coming off an sec championship and, we're thinking, is this going to be a fluke or is Arkansas actually going to get back to the Supers? Like, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it is hard not to get, you know, emotionally invested in this. And, and I think that's what's special about a podcast, about a live show, is that we, we are both still kind of fans and we do tiptoe that line with media. And I think that's what makes our uh, situation unique. Yeah, as far and, as uh, as far as being able to cover these teams, 
Yeah, and, and it, like I said, that is, that's the hardest part of it is trying not to – you know, you staying down the middle. You know, you, you're trying not to. And that's where i got to get better. You know, I've got to get better. It, it really kind of – when, when we're writing our articles and we're really getting into the media, the journalism part of it, you know, just trying to really talk about what you see and what's going on and really, you know, not when, when you put something content out, it, it's hard. Like with, when we put stuff out on social media, as much as, you know, I want to go crazy about what's going on. Like right now, you know, I'm sitting here, we're sitting here talking and Michael Turner's at the bat and it's seven, six with one out, you know, one on and one out. You know, S is we're trying to do this live show and and we're looking here like, is Michael Turner going to do it? Is he going to take the lead for Arkansas? So that's where the fandom comes in. I'll always I was born and raised in Ozark, Arkansas. You know, it's not like I was this transplant from South Carolina that just started wanting to do this thing. You know, I'm Ozark Hillbilly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's one of the things I've always enjoyed watching the Razorbacks. It was just, you know, when you spend your summers in South Carolina, you kind of had to pick and choose. So. They never played each other, so I got to be a fan of both. You know, it was kind of cool. But, you know, it, I guess moving forward, it's like, you know, you want to do the best. We're going to really ramp things up this summer. You see what we're doing with the live. You see what we're going to be doing things like bet online, you know, doing more things and just making the most of this podcast. You know, we switched to the stream yard to give it a more professional look, to, to give our fans a more – professional look when they watch us and i hope y'all enjoy it we've enjoyed it and you know once we really get this thing buttoned down and i mean it's gonna be flawless and we're gonna like i said our youtube channel i mean we don't have anything up yet but be looking forward to all our podcasts being there you know our podcasts are on the believe network you know when we record and drop the regular podcast which we haven't done in you know a couple episodes because we're getting things buttoned down on the live part but we are going to be going live every episode me and Jacob's even talked about maybe a possible second show. We'll see what's going on, especially when football season comes around. We get guests on. That's another thing. We're going to try to get some, you know, killer guests, get some more people to come on and, and talk with us about, you know, the things going on with this program, the football team, the basketball team. And, you know, it's big things are coming with this podcast. I know it seems like it's taken us a long time, but with technology and opportunities, you really get to see what's going on and you really get to, to know that th there's more to this than just two guys on a zoom call. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's go back a little bit here. You know, last night or Saturday night with, uh, with the Razorbacks when they were down 10 to five, did you turn the game off? No, no, I was actually, <laughs> I was actually watching it and, and I didn't, I don't, I'm here's the thing. I'm very superstitious about, how I watch sports and how I watch it, cover it, look at it. So right, right now I've, I've been covering the game the past two games on, on the stats broadcast. That's how I just, because it seems like if I click off of that and watch live, something happens or something right. changes. So no, I've, I've not been watching the game because one thing stat broadcast is like two plays ahead of the, the TV. So I'd be getting pissed off because it would you, you can't help but not look at the next play and then you're watching yeah. on TV, you know. But no, I didn't turn it off. It was just exciting to see, but I was also watching the College World Series, the the, the softball women's college world series. So, you know, you the thing is with having your own kind of studio right now in your own office, you 
can watch multiple things at step times. And then for my job, what I do for direct TV, you know, I'm able to kind of have a couple of different devices in my room. I've got three different TVs going on. So, you know, it's the perks of being able to work for a satellite company, but no, I did not turn it off honestly. And we have an update. It is now eight to seven Arkansas. How about that? Home run to right field. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Don't give up. Will Turner <laughs> hit a home run, two-run shot to right field. It is now eight to seven. Arkansas. How about that for a riddle player? Yeah, let's. <laughs> yeah, we can talk. That's a whole other subject that I won't even touch because, you know, we were talking about. And now I will say something about it. I won't mention the scenario, but you know, no, it was unfortunate what happened because you know what. The, the other side of it, the other host of that show, Zach Arns is a dear friend of mine. I mean, you know, so I really felt for him because, you know, we're talking about mentors. We're talking about people that have really helped you grow. He's one of the people that really helped me grow and really has been able – I mean, he knows his stuff. He really does. So it was very – it was hard to see that – go down the way it did and knowing that he was a part of it, you know, then I felt for him, you know, the, the other gentleman, you know, no, you, you, you've been in this game too long. And I know that, you know, sometimes you're, you're, you're the bit, the, the saying it, you know, correctly, you know, the angle you're trying to come at it and, and, clicks and stuff like that. I understand the angle of it. I understand the, what you're trying to get out of it, but it was way too, you know, you you went over the line. He admitted it. We all know about it. We can all move on. You know, it's just one of the things that it was unfortunate, but you know what? It's been great to see Michael Turner come out of this. But that's what I'm saying is like, everything happens for a reason and everybody can say rental player, this and that, and, and, and joke about it, but it's weird. Like, what if that was supposed to happen to get this team going? Like, what if that was not he saying he meant to do it that way or give him an out? I'm not giving him an out. But what if it was that moment that's, you know what? We're, the, we're you know, look at the baseball team. They've never had a situation like the football team. They've ever had a situation like the basketball team where they're the laughing stock of the, the conference or the nation. But they were starting to get in a low where people were, were laughing at them. And, and, and even if they did place third in the West, to them, that's like Alabama going eight and four, nine and three. You know, so what if that comment was meant to happen to get this team to turn things around and look what's going on? You know, they were down most of the game. Now it's eight, seven, two outs. Robert Moore's up back. So, like I said, I went on a little it's tangent, but amazing. it's still yet. I mean, everything happens yeah. for a reason. And, I, and he got all the due crap he got. You know, as fans, you you have every right to say what you want unless you're personally attacking a player. You're personally bringing personal stuff up. We got to keep it as fans. You want to say people suck or, you know, boo them that. But once you start going personal and going below the belt, that's what happened. But yet when you're a radio guy like us, we're a podcast, but we're still considered media. We, you know, we're held to a higher standard. We have to. You know, you got to be professional. And that's the oh, biggest yeah. fault of it. You got to be professional. Yeah, and it's really cool though to see Michael Turner kind of take that, and and he basically he's been the best hitter for the Razorbacks 
all season long. He's he's been batting better than Robert Moore, Jalen Battles, and uh, Caden Wallace for the most part. And all of a sudden, here he is. He's having the best regional out of all of them outside of Caden Wallace. And so he's really done a very good job. And he's he has been the the leader, the the leader of this team for the past uh, past three games. Yeah, and it's been impressive. Wallace too. I mean, you can't you can't leave him out either. I mean, dude, Cato's been having a killer game, and I'm, this is what I'll say about it: if they get their pitching where they're confident in their pitching staff, depending on who, I mean, I'm I'm confident even if if North Carolina does come out of that region, I have I have confidence they get their pitching locked down, they can make it to Omaha. It's I mean, especially I mean. North Carolina is not the North Carolina State team that they faced last year. No. It is and of course Arkansas is not the team they were last year either. But I mean, you get you get to the point where you can get your pitching, you can't rely on you can't score eight to twenty runs a game. You that's just not gonna happen. So they get their pitching in order. I mean, then they're gonna be okay. This has just been the most unusual regional that I've ever watched. And I've been watching Razorback baseball since 04. This has been the wildest thing. Like I think they've had 39 home runs hit in this uh, regional alone, and and I mean we've seen LSU come back from down double digits. We've seen Arkansas come down from a, a huge deficit. We've seen Auburn put up 20 plus runs in a game. This has just been the wildest regional, and and things are things are happening for a reason. And Arkansas has figured it out in the postseason that hey, if we're gonna hit that if we're gonna hit that button and turn us on. They're doing it at the right time. If if they don't have to face North Carolina and Arkansas gets the bid to play super regionals, all bets are on, man. Yeah, I mean, well, and I don't think we 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 got proven that last year that it doesn't matter. I mean, you no, played last year with a really good team, and you and you let a team out pitch you and and outwork you. I mean, they they out schemed you. Is what happened. So maybe maybe it's good if they do go on the road, but there is a chance that. And I, last I seen, North Carolina was up on Georgia. I think that's who they were playing. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know, if they come out of that that region, and Arkansas does have to end up going to you know North Carolina, I I, I don't I don't think it's going to be that bad of a deal. I don't I, I have confidence knowing they can match up because what we were talking about was matchups when it comes to who you're wanting. And North Carolina beat Georgia six five, so they'll play tomorrow. I think I guess they'll play Georgia again tomorrow to see where. Um, now Georgia's out, so it'd be uh, uh, North okay, Carolina and uh, Virginia Commonwealth. So, so VCU, uh, that's going to be the matchup. Right. Yeah. Well, whoever comes out of that, if VCU comes here, then of course they'll, like I said, they'll come to to Baum Walker. But you know, I, like I said, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I think it's going to be one of them deals that um, if they go to North Carolina, I think they they still have just as good. Of course, you want to be home, but I, I, like I said, the matchup and. Uh, Connor Nolan is on the mound to shut this thing down. So hopefully he comes in for this inning, shuts it down, and that will be it. Be, and I think what we what we were talking about earlier with the game three, I think this is the thing. You end it now. You, you yeah. do not put him out of the misery. And of course, when you go up eight seven, that gives you a little bit more confidence to put Connor Nolan in. So you know, it, it, and what we were talking about earlier with the fan stuff, like here we are, we're trying to do the podcast and. 
hey, we're giving you update scores. Put it on the banner. Get it all, you know, top of the ninth, you know. Who so. needs ESPN Plus? Exactly. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, I mean, unless you want to ride this thing out till this game's over with, I guess we can, you know, is there anything else you want to talk about? We're coming up on an hour, um, and I know that a couple of people were, were tuning into the show, but now that it's to the point where the game's almost over, I think they're on the edge of their seat, so. Yeah, so uh, get so get your six ninety nine subscription right now for ESPN Plus for the last inning. So <laughs> you want to watch? <laughs> oh. but yeah, guys. Yeah, again, like I said, with this new platform, you know, we're going to have a new little intro. We're going to have some cool things coming up, you know, soon with this this new uh, Streamyard. So if, if podcast Streamyard again. We want to thank every single one of our sponsors. They've been scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Another thing that I've really enjoyed, you know, being able to add to this is, is if it wasn't for these people at the bottom, we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now. You know, right. be able to have the, the, the equipment and the mics and the TikTok lights and stuff behind me to, to, be able to bring a quality show. So yeah, and I do have, I think I have one more thing yeah, left go. to add is if you do want to uh, go like our Facebook and uh, follow us on Twitter. Also, if you want to uh, uh, go on Apple podcast, give us a, give us a rate and a review. I, I'm sure that Porter mentioned that at the top of the show, give us a five star review or a four star. I don't really, I mean, it's not a one star because I think we're entertaining. <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, you know, we're presented by Bet Online again. Special shout out to our, our our fans, our sponsors at Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. You know, they've really been our our shining moment, I guess you could say, of this this live. Us being able to go live, and you know, they're located in Ozark, Arkansas. They usually have a cool, a very very good prime rib dinner on Thursday nights. They always have live music going on. I know a lot of our audience is in Fayetteville, Central Arkansas, but, you know, me being from Ozark, I love being able to promote the people in my hometown. And Jacob does the same thing with, with the pharmacy. And, you know, it means a lot to us that people want, they see what we've done. They've seen us from the beginning and they want to invest in us. And that's another thing. Businesses, anybody wants to invest in us and, and become a sponsor. We're always looking for opportunities to, to promote your business and, We'd love to have you on the show and special shout out to our man, Corey Heinemann, very first sponsor, main man, the, the guy that the studio's named after his signs right over my shoulder. So, you know, again, none of this would be possible without our sponsors and we wouldn't have sponsors if it wasn't for our fans. We did not have the following, you know, you can't go into a business and say, Hey, you want to sponsor? How many, how many likes you got? How many, followers well i got five i got my cousins you know <laughs> you really do that so big shout out to our fans that have been here from the beginning our new fans the ones that have come along and and i know i might have said this a couple of podcasts ago but and i know i talk about this subject a lot but it's very passionate to me but i really want to talk about you know when it comes to the soccer the softball the women's basketball golf you know when we first started talking about that and we tipped our waters into that, we would get flooded with comments of who cares it's women's sports. Let's talk football. 
nobody cares. Well, they can't do it like the men do it. But I want to tell you, like, I am very proud of the acceptance they've got. I'm very proud of you, the fans, on how you have really took these programs and really accepted them and showed them support. Because now when we make the same kind of post or like or congratulations, we're flooded with thousands of likes and comments of thank you. Thank you for what you've done. So I really – y'all y'all are my superstars this week as the fans because I really enjoy every comment, like, question that we get – every new fan we get and we're going to continue to grow this thing. And Jacob, like I said, if you ain't got nothing, we, we, we can wrap it up. I ain't got nothing, man. Go hogs. Well, that will do it for the, the first stream yard live. My name is Porter Hayes with sports and culture, Arkansas. You got my man, Jacob Davis of Arkansas fight, and we will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.